Part seven of a narrative of the expedition to Dongola and Sennar by George Bethune English. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. On the fourteenth of the moon Shawal, Kogia Ahmet returned to Sennar, bringing with him about two thousand prisoners as slaves, consisting almost entirely of women and children. The events of his expedition were related to me as follows. He marched rapidly for ten days in a direction about southwest of Senar, the capital, without resistance, through a well-peopled country, without meeting any opposition, till he came to the mountains of Boki, inhabited by pagans, the followers of the chief who had rejected the Pasha's letter. They were posted on a mountain of difficult access, but their post was stormed, and after a desperate struggle they found that spears and swords, though wielded by stout hearts and able hands, were not a match for firearms. They fled to another mountain, rearward of their first position. They were again attacked by cannon and musketry, and obliged to fly toward a third position. In their flight they were in part hemmed in by the cavalry of Kogia Ahmet, and about fifteen hundred of them put to the sword. Those who escaped took refuge in a craggy mountain, inaccessible to cavalry. Kogia Ahmet, believing he had made a sufficient proof to them that resistance on their part was unavailing, and the troops having suffered great distress by reason of the almost continual rains, after sweeping the villages of these people of all the population they could find in them, resumed his march for Senar. On their return they had to ford several deep streams, at this season running from the mountains, and both horse and man were almost worn out before they reached Senar. The people of Boki are a hardy race of mountaineers, tall, stout, and handsome. They are pagans, worshippers of the sun, which planet they consider it as profane to look at. The prisoners brought in by Kogia Ahmet resembled in their dress the savages of America. They were almost covered with beads, bracelets, and trinkets made out of pebbles, bones, and ivory. Their complexion is almost black, and their manners and deportment prepossessing. The arms of these people gave me great surprise. They consisted of well-formed and handsome helmets of iron, coats of mail made of leather and overlaid with plates of iron, long and well-fashioned lances, and a hand-weapon exactly resembling the ancient bills formerly used in England by the yeomanry. They were represented to me by the Turks as dangerous in personal combat. They had never seen firearms before, and they nevertheless withstood them with great intrepidity. They said, I was informed, that a fusee was a coward's weapon who stands at a safe distance from his enemy and kills him by an invisible stroke. Footnote 65 The mountains of Boki border on the kingdom of Fezuli, which lies south of Sennar twenty days' march. The mountains of Fezuli are supposed to contain gold mines. Pieces of gold are frequently found in the torrents that flow from those mountains in the rainy season. A native of that country told the Pasha Ismael that he had seen a piece of gold found in those mountains as big as the bottom part of the silver narguil of his excellence, that is, about six inches in diameter. That there is gold in that country is certain, as the female prisoners taken at Boki had many gold rings and bracelets, of which they were quickly disencumbered by our soldiers. The Pasha intends to visit Fazuli after the rainy season is over to find the veins from whence this gold is washed down by the torrents, and, in case of success, to work the mines. End of footnote.
on the seventeenth the courier carrying the information to cairo of this expedition and its results embarked in a kanja to descend the river as far as berber from whence he would proceed by the desert to egypt agreeably to the promise of the pasha i accompanied him we arrived at nusradin in berber in five days and nights having the favour of the current and sixteen oarsmen on board we descended with great rapidity the view of the country from the river is not pleasing as the villages lie almost invariably far off from the river the country therefore has the appearance of being almost uninhabited we saw great numbers of hippopotami who in the night would lift their heads out of the water at no great distance from the kanja they were sometimes fired at but without apparent effect we stopped during the night for an hour at shendi to leave orders from the pasha to a small garrison of turkish troops stationed there footnote sixty six we passed atarbal the same night the reader is aware that a boat carrying a courier could not be detained to give a passenger an opportunity to see ruins End of footnote. the river nile below the point of junction with the great bahar el abyud presents a truly magnificent spectacle footnote sixty seven the adit or nile of bruce enters the bahar el abyud nearly at right angles but such is the mass of the latter river that the nile cannot mingle its waters with those of the bahar el abyud for many miles below their junction the waters of the adit are almost black during the season of its augmentation those of the bahar el abyud on the contrary are white so that for several miles below their junction the eastern part of the river is black and the western is white this white colour of the bahar el abyud is occasioned by a very fine white clay with which its waters are impregnated at the point of junction between the bahar el abyud and the adit the bahar el abyud is almost barred across by an island and a reef of rocks this barrier checks its current otherwise it would probably almost arrest the current of the adit it is nevertheless sufficiently strong to prevent the adit from mingling with it immediately although the current of the adit is very strong and enters the bahar el abyud nearly at right angles End of footnote. between halfya and shendi the river is straightened and traverses a deep and gloomy defile formed by high rocky hills between which the nile runs dark deep and rapidly for about twelve or fifteen miles on emerging from this defile the river again spreads itself majestically and flows between immense plains of herbage bounded only by the horizon its banks nearly full but not yet overflowed about thirty miles above nusradin we pass the mouth of the bahar eliswood on the eastern shore it is the last river that empties into the nile i estimated it at about two-thirds of a mile broad at its embouchure the nile below the point of junction with this river is more than two miles from bank to bank at this season during the two first days of our voyage we had some severe squalls and very heavy rains but after passing the territory of sennar we had a sky almost without a cloud on our arrival at nusradin no more dromedaries could be immediately obtained than were sufficient to mount the courier and his two guides i was therefore obliged to tarry five days in nusradin before i could find a caravan journeying to egypt on the twenty eighth of shawal i quitted nusradin along with a caravan on its way to egypt from sennar conducted by a soldier attached to the cadillac of the army of ismail pasha 
who was conducting to egypt twenty-two dromedaries and camels and some slaves belonging to the Catalaskier and four fine horses belonging to the pasha we started at about three hours before noon and after marching for three hours stopped at a village named sherafay to obtain rations for the horses and camels to subsist them through the desert our route lay on the outside of the villages and on the border of the desert the villages are numerous and well built of sun-dried bricks and the face of the country on our side of the river perfectly level we stayed at sherafay until the next morning the conductor of the caravan not being able to obtain at this place the dura he wanted for his cattle we proceeded to a village called hassa which is about an hour's march from sherafay we stayed there till next morning on the thirtieth of the moon at daylight we mounted our camels and proceeded on our road which lay on the skirts of the desert we passed a continual succession of large well-built and populous villages lying about a mile distant from the river the weather serene and cool as it has been since our arrival in berber we halted at about the middle of the forenoon by a village called abdea until an hour and a half before sunset when we again set forward and after marching for three hours and a half halted for the remainder of the night in a small village half in ruins the reason of our short marches and frequent stoppages was to give the conductor of the caravan opportunities to make provision for passing the desert he might have done it at any of the villages had he been content to pay the price demanded but as he was a man who seemed to hold hard bargains in horror and to love money with great affection he did not give the latter for dura till he was absolutely obliged to make the afflictive exchange on the first of zilkad we started at daylight and marched till about two hours after sunrise when we stopped at some villages called ganity the country we passed since yesterday is the desert which comes down close to the river's bank presenting but few spots fit for cultivation we were informed last night that the camp of mehemet bey who is on his way from egypt with five thousand men to take possession of darfur and kordofan is on the other side of the river footnote sixty eight since my return to egypt we have learned that this army after some bloody battles had succeeded in taking possession of darfur and kordofan End of footnote. the weather continues serene and not very hot stayed at ganity till about the middle of the afternoon when we proceeded on our journey through a desert and dreary country without either habitations or cultivation as the desert comes here down to the river the rocks and stones of the desert are generally of black granite no verdure was to be seen except on the margin of the river the river hereabouts is much impeded by rocks and rapids but contains many beautiful islands some of them very large fertile populous and well cultivated malek mohammed el hajin commands this country his province called el raba tab contains eighty-eight large and fertile islands and the shores of the river adjacent he has a very high character for courage morals and generosity he resides on the great island of mograt which is said to be about sixty miles long footnote sixty nine the provinces lying on the third cataract between shageya and berber are called first monassier second izyut third el rabatab end of footnote 
we halted at about three hours before midnight on the bank of the river within hearing of a shalal where the river forms a regular cataract except a small pass on the easterly shore after reposing the camels an hour and a half and refreshing ourselves with bread and the muddy water of the nile we recommenced our march which was continued without cessation till an hour before noon next morning always through the desert in order to cut a point of land formed by an angle in the river when we stopped under the shade of some fine date trees on the bank of the river and in view of one of its large and ever verdant isles called candacy in a small island adjoining which khalil aga my companion says he saw when he ascended the third cataract a pyramid more modern and fresh than any he had seen in these countries footnote seventy he came up in one of the nine boats that were able to pass as mentioned before End of footnote. possibly the island of candacy takes its name from the celebrated candace who in the reign of nero repulsed and defeated the roman legions and this pyramid may be her tomb under the date trees on the bank of the river opposite to this island we refreshed ourselves with our usual repast bread and water as the people of a village close by would give us meat neither for love money nor soap of which latter article they stand in great but unconscious need footnote seventy one as the people of these countries dislike the piastres of egypt i bought a quantity of soap at sennar from the greeks who accompanied the army as sutlers in order to serve as a medium of exchange for in most of the provinces on the upper nile they prefer soap to anything you can offer except dollars or the gold coin of constantinople End of footnote. third of zilkad quitted our station about two hours after midnight and went on our way our route continued to lie through the desert but not far from the bank of the river about three hours before noon in the morning came to a small village named hafashim lying on the margin of the river opposite a verdant island it was delightful to look at the river on the third cataract khalil aga tells me contains a continual chain of such footnote seventy two khalil aga a native of new york took the turban a few weeks before the departure of ismail pasha from cairo learning that i was to accompany his excellence he requested me to obtain of the pasha that he might be attached to me during the expedition he is probably the first individual that ever traversed the whole of the river nile from rossetti to sennar i have done the same except about two hundred miles of the third cataract End of footnote i could not get anything to relish our usual repast of bread and water except some dates my eyes to-day were much inflamed by the reflection of the sun's rays from the sand and at night were very painful and running with matter stayed here till about the same hour after midnight as yesterday when we again set forward the country the same as yesterday except that we saw several stony mountains in the desert some of them at no great distance from the river some of these mountains must contain ruins as at the village where we halted to-day which we did at about noon we found a very large and well-fashioned burnt brick which the peasants said was brought from one of these mountains the whole of the country through which we have passed for four days contains no cultivable land on this side of the river except on its margin but in compensation for this sterility the islands in this part of the river which are numerous very large and very beautiful 
are without a superior for luxuriance of vegetation every day when we have come to the river to halt and refresh ourselves we found one or more in view at this last station i was lucky enough to purchase a small kid at the enormous price of twelve piastres the first meat we had eaten for four days applied at night a poultice of dates to my eyes which were much inflamed by today's march and found some relief from the remedy at about three hours after midnight we again resumed our travel and marched till an hour before noon of to-day the fifth of zilkad expecting to arrive at the place where the road quits the river and plunges into the great eastern desert of africa but the weather becoming close and very hot and the camels fatigued we halted to repose them and ourselves on the bank of the river shortly after our arrival two of the camels of the caravan died our route still lay through plains and over hills of rock and sand which come down to the river's edge but the river as usual presented a continual succession of beautiful islands the death of the two camels having alarmed the conductor of the caravan for the others we stayed in this place till the middle of the second day after to repose and refresh them previous to entering the desert during our stay here i engaged a man to swim over to the island opposite to purchase some dura flour and dates he could however obtain only some dates i was obliged in consequence to reconcile myself to entering the desert short of provisions i had made provision in berber for fifteen days being assured that in twelve days we should have passed the desert and arrive at the villages on the bank of the nile four days march above aswan the unexpected retardments of our march from berber had however made us nine days in arriving at the place where the road turns into the desert on the seventh of the moon at about two hours before sunset we quitted our halting place and after only one hour's march by the border of the river came to a place where the nile suddenly turns off toward the southwest footnote seventy three this i suppose to be the point where terminates the singular bend in the river noticed in the former part of my journal End of footnote. at this place the guide told us we were to fill our water-skins and to quit the river for the desert we stayed here till the afternoon of the eighth of the moon the two last nights we have kept watch and only slept with our hands upon our arms robbers being we were told in this neighbourhood who had lately pillaged some caravans we were not however molested the desert on the border of the river hereabouts abounds with doom trees which are inhabited by great numbers of monkeys its fruit furnishes their food this fruit consists in a large nut on the outside covered with a brown substance almost exactly resembling burned gingerbread it is however so hard that no other teeth and jaws except those of a monkey or an arab are well capable of biting it about one hour's march below our present position is an encampment of bedouins and the tomb of a marabout the people of the country in the caravans had piled his grave with camels and asses saddles probably intended as offerings to interest his good offices in the other world at about four hours after the noon of the eighth we quitted the banks of the nile and turned into the desert carrying as much water as we well could myself taking four water-skins for myself khalil aga and a black slave of mine we marched till about an hour before midnight when we halted for an hour to breathe the camels and eat a morsel of bread after which we continued our way till nearly daybreak 
when one of the pasha's horses falling down and refusing to rise it was necessary to wait till the animal had taken a little rest we threw ourselves upon the sand and slept profoundly for two hours when we were roused to continue our journey we proceeded till about two hours before noon when we halted in a low sandy plain sprinkled here and there with thorny bushes these bushes afforded food for the camels and a miserable shelter from the sun for ourselves we shoved embodies under them as closely to their roots as the thorns would admit to sleep as well sheltered as possible from the burning rays of the vertical sun but sound sleep in this condition was impossible as every half hour the sun advancing in his course contracted or changed the shadow of the bush and obliged us to change our position as to sleep in his rays in this climate is not only almost impossible but dangerous it almost infallibly producing a fever of the brain the country we traversed this first day's journey is a level plain of sand and gravel with scattered mountains of black granite here and there in view where no sound is heard but the rush of the wind the weather was cool enough during the day and coldish in the night footnote seventy four the wind during the day was constantly from the north which was the general direction of our march from the time we quitted the river till we reached it again so that we had breezes always in our faces the air of the desert is so very dry that no part of my body was moistened by perspiration except the top of my head which was sheltered from the influence of the sun and air by the folds of my turban i did not feel incommoded by heat in the desert when out of the sun's rays but on arriving at aswan i found it almost intolerable End of footnote. in the afternoon we again set forward proceeding and halting as yesterday that is once for an hour about two hours before midnight and once again a little before daybreak for an hour and a half the desert continued to exhibit the same aspect as before till about midnight when we quitted the plains to enter among gloomy defiles winding between mountains of black granite we passed one chain and at a little beyond the entrance of another lying about two leagues to the north of the first the guide told us that we were near the well apseach soon after we arrived at a place containing bushes here the caravan halted and those who wanted fresh water filled their water-skins from the well which lies in the mountains about an hour's march from the place where we halted this well is at the bottom of an oblique passage leading into one of the mountains at the termination of which is found no great quantity of sweet water deposited by the rains which fall in this country about the time of the summer solstice footnote seventy five the names of the wells in the desert of omguran between berber and cebu are as follows first apseich second morat third el medina fourth amrashi fifth mogarin in the two latter water is only found after heavy rains End of footnote. During the last two days I travelled in great pain. The reflection of the sun from the sand and the strong wind from the north, prevalent at this season in the desert, which blew its finer particles into my eyes, in spite of all my precautions to shelter them, exasperated and inflamed their malady to a great degree, which the want of sufficient shelter from the sun during the time of repose contributed to aggravate we stayed near the well till about sunset when we resumed our travel and at about three hours after sunrise on the morning of the tenth came to a rock in a sandy plain where the conductor of the caravan ordered a halt 
we distributed ourselves round this rock as well as we could in order to repose khalil aga and myself making a covering from the sun by means of my carpet propped up by our fusees and fastened by the corners to stones we placed upon the rock by means of our shawls and sashes footnote seventy six close by this rock was the skull of some wretched man who had perished on this spot all along our route we saw hundreds of skeletons of camels the skull that we saw probably belonged to one of two mogreban soldiers who deserted at berber in order to return to egypt and who both perished with thirst in the desert End of footnote. we stayed here till the middle of the afternoon when we mounted our camels in order to reach the well morat as soon as possible in order to water those patient and indispensable voyagers of the desert footnote seventy seven our guide and abadi would not permit the camels of our caravan to be watered at the well of apseach saying that if he did all the water then in the well would be consumed and the consequence would be that the next traveller that came might perish with thirst End of footnote. we traversed a tolerably level but rocky track till about two hours after midnight when we reached the well it lies in a valley between two high chains of mountains of black granite its water is somewhat bitter as its name imports and is not drank by travellers except when their water-skins are exhausted it serves however for the camels of the caravans and for the inhabitants of two arab villages in the vicinity named abu hamak and dohab who brought their camels to water here the morning after our arrival these poor but contented people are obliged to subsist for the most part upon their camels milk their situation affording little other means of nourishment they are however independent and remote from the tyranny and oppression which afflicts the people of most of the countries of the east footnote seventy eight the ground near the well of morat is full of scorpion holes on my arrival at midnight i spread my carpet on the ground and slept soundly in the morning when it was taken up we found under it a scorpion i am sure four inches in length its colour green and yellow i was told that they abound near all the wells of the desert and i have seen very many at different places on the borders of the river End of footnote. on the rocks near the well we saw some rude hieroglyphics representing bulls horses and camels cut in the granite in the manner of those found in the rocks near aswan on the south side of the cataract our guide tells us that such cuttings in the rocks are found in many of the mountains of the desert during our stay at morat a violent dispute had arisen among the arabs of our caravan about some money which had been stolen from one of them the man suspected of the theft endeavoured to justify himself by much hard swearing but circumstances being strong against him i told the man who had been robbed that if the money was not restored previous to our arrival at aswan i would speak to the kachef about the affair who would take the proper measures to detect and punish the thief in consequence of this menace the man robbed next morning had the satisfaction to find unexpectedly that his money had been secretly restored and deposited among the baggage from whence it had been stolen on the thirteenth at sunset we quitted morat and after a winding march among the hills for five hours we arrived at a broad valley surrounded by high mountains and abounding in doom trees the first we had seen since we quitted the river this place is called el medina it contains an arab village whose inhabitants gain something by supplying the caravans with goats of which they have many 
and by furnishing them with water of which they possessed several reservoirs filled by the rains we reposed for the rest of the night under the doom trees and in the morning regaled ourselves with the pure and wholesome water of el medina which was to me particularly grateful after being obliged to drink for several days either the muddy water we had brought from the river or that of apseach which had become heated by the sun and impregnated with a disgusting smell derived from the new leather of the water-bags which contained it i bought here a fat goat and some milk which made us a feast which hunger and several days fasting on bad bread made delicious we stayed here to water and repose the camels till the afternoon of the second day after our arrival when we recommenced our march for the river whose distance we were told was three days march from el medina during our stay at el medina khalil aga my companion was taken very ill with vomiting and purging occasioned by having drank of the water of morat against which i had remonstrated without effect he did not get quit of the consequences of his imprudence for several days on the fifteenth in the afternoon we commenced our march for the river the desert hereabouts resembles that we passed the two first days after our quitting the river being a sandy plain studded with hills and mountains of granite we proceeded till about three hours after midnight when we lay down to repose till daybreak when we again mounted and continued our journey till two hours before noon when we stopped at a rock which had some holes in it where we sheltered ourselves from the sun and dined with appetite on some coarse dura bread baked upon camel's dung by the middle of the afternoon we were again on our way which led through the deep and winding valleys of three mountains of calcareous stone which indicated the proximity of the river and over hills of deep sand with which the eddies of the wind had in many places filled those valleys since we left morat till we came to these mountains the granite hills had become rarer others of calcareous stone here and there presented themselves and the level of the desert was constantly ascending footnote seventy nine which we found to be the case till we came within fifteen hours march of the nile End of footnote. i have no doubt that the level of the interior of the desert is lower than the bed of the river during the passage over these hills several of the camels gave out that of my black slave among the rest footnote eighty out of the twenty-two camels that we had commenced our march with from berber only twelve reached the river End of footnote. four hours after sunrise we came to a valley where there was here and there some herbs of the desert where we stopped to let the camels eat they having fasted since we left el medina we were obliged to look among the rocks for shelter from the sun each one arranging himself as well as he could to eat dura bread and drink warm water and sleep as soundly as possible during the course of last night we fell in with a caravan coming from aswan we pressed round them to buy something to eat we asked for dates and flour to make bread but they had nothing of the kind that they could afford to part with we stayed at the rock before mentioned till the middle of the afternoon on awaking from sleep i observed two of the arabs of our caravan busily employed about our guide they were a long time engaged in frizzing and plaiting his hair and finished the operation by pouring over it a bowlful of melted mutton suet which made his head quite white i asked for the meaning of this operation at this time they told me that we should be at the river to-morrow morning 
and that our guide was adorning himself to see and salute his friends there he appeared to be highly satisfied with the efforts of his hairdressers to make him look decent and it must be confessed that he made a very buckish appearance as soon as our guide had finished his toilette he mounted his dromedary and took his post in front and we set forward we marched all night without stopping which was necessary as our water was nearly spent but which distressed greatly that part of our caravan who had no beast to ride footnote eighty one our water was nearly spent this was occasioned by the heat of the sun and the dryness of the air of the desert which made nearly two-fifths of our water to evaporate End of footnote. footnote eighty-two who had no beast to ride before we entered the desert our caravan had been joined by several runaway domestics who had fled from the army to return to egypt End of footnote. these wretched men had hitherto accompanied us all the way on foot with little to eat and less to drink at present they were almost exhausted with fatigue hunger and thirst every now and then one or more of them would throw himself on the sand in despair the repeated assurance that the river was near hour after hour became less and less capable of rousing them to exertion and the whip was at length applied to make them get up and go on footnote eighty three the soldier of the catalaskier before mentioned who was the conductor that is the chief of the caravan had recourse to a singular expedient to rouse one of them whom the whip could not stir he seized his purse of money which this man carried in his bosom swearing that if he chose to stop and die there he might and that he would be his heir and inherit his purse this testamentary disposition on the part of the soldier had a wonderful effect the man got up from the sand and walked forward very briskly calling upon the soldier to restore the purse as he was determined not to lie down any more till he reached the river the soldier however observing the effect of his proceeding retained the purse till we arrived at the river when he restored it End of footnote. they demanded water immediately which we were too short of ourselves to give them as we feared every minute that our camels would drop which would render every drop of water we had as precious as life one unfortunate lad who had joined the caravan before it entered the desert i suspect a domestic who had fled from the distresses that had found us in the upper countries made pathetic applications to me for water i twice divided with him a bowlful i was drinking in the name of god the protector of the traveller this young man in the course of this toilsome night had disappeared having doubtless laid himself down in despair we unfortunately did not miss him till it was too late footnote eighty four the last time i saw him was when i gave him part of the last bowl he kissed my slipper shedding abundance of tears and saying that i was the only one of the caravan that had shown him mercy i bade him keep up a good heart for that on the morrow morning by the blessing of god we should be at the river End of footnote about two hours before daybreak we reached the entrance of a deep ravine between ridges and hills of rocks we marched in it for six hours it zigzagged perpetually and its bottom was covered with fragments of the rocks that enclosed it and which had apparently been displaced by strong currents of water this phenomenon surprised me as the entrance into this ravine being from the plain it was evident that the currents which had produced these displacements could not at any era have come from thence 
but at the termination of this ravine which ended nearly at the river the cause became evident an ancient canal now nearly filled up leads from the river into this ravine and the rush of the current during the seasons of inundation has loosened and displaced fragments of the bordering mountains it was about two hours before noon on the eighteenth of zilkad when emerging from this ravine we came upon the bank of the beautiful and blessed river which is the very heart and life's blood of all northeastern africa it was with the most grateful feelings toward the lord of the universe that i laid myself down under the date trees by its brink to cool and to wash my swollen and inflamed eyes whose disorder was greatly increased by fatigue a dazzling sun and want of sleep immediately after our arrival at the little village of cebu which stands on the canal leading to the ravine before mentioned myself and khalil aga addressed ourselves to the people of the village to engage some one to go and bring to the river the unfortunate lad who had been missed footnote eighty five directly opposite cebu on the other bank of the river stands an ancient egyptian temple cebu is four days march of a camel above aswan End of footnote. i told them that in two hours a man mounted on a dromedary could reach the place where he had disappeared and save his life i appealed to their humanity to their sense of duty towards god and man to engage them to go and save him finding them deaf to my entreaties i offered them money and khalil aga his musket to bring him safe and sound to the river i appealed to their humanity in vain and to their avarice without effect footnote eighty six the reason for their refusal i afterwards learned was that they believed that the lad was already dead and that therefore they should miss the reward promised End of footnote. we told them that the christians in a case of this kind would send not one but forty men if necessary to go and save a fellow-creature from the horrible death of desert famine and that heaven would surely require at their hands the life of this young man if they neglected to save him at length the sheikh of the village promised me to send a dromedary to the place to-morrow morning he made the promise probably to appease my reproaches for he did not fulfil it on the second day after my arrival i dipped my feet and slippers into the nile and bequeathing the village of cebu my most hearty curse which god fulfil embarked on board a boat on its way from dongola to egypt and in three days reached aswan footnote eighty seven three days after my arrival at aswan i had news of the fate of this lad from a nubian voyager of the desert on his way to aswan who had found him thirty-six hours after our arrival at cebu lying in the ravine leading to the river but almost dead he had stopped it seems to sleep a few hours believing that sleep would refresh him and that he could do it without danger as the river was not many hours off on his awaking he found himself so weak that it was with great difficulty that he reached the ravine where he fell the traveller gave him water and placed him on his dromedary and brought him to the river but he was too far gone he died in a half hour after he reached it the last words he spoke this man told me related to his god his prophet and his mother this traveller dug his grave and buried him i told this man that i had offered a reward at cebu to whoever would bring this unfortunate young man to the river and that i would give the money to him as a recompense for having done all he could do in such a case the man to my astonishment replied that it was not money that he would take as a reward for what he had done 
that he would receive no reward for it but from the hands of god who would pay more for it than i could i told him that i was happy to have found a mussulman mindful of the precepts of the koran which inculcate charity and benevolence to all those who are in distress and that the record of such deeds would occupy a great space on the almost blank page of our good actions end of footnote end of part seven end of a narrative of the expedition to dongola and sennar by george bethune english